Last week we were talking about heaven, letting the thought of that wonderful place where God wants us to be with Him and a full relationship with Him. Someday we get to go there and that thought should pull us through this life and it should motivate us in this life to endure, to press on, to not lose hope. And one of the verses we looked at last week was from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the last three verses, verses 16 through 18. That's where I want to start because this spurs us on to another related topic. It says there, Therefore we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, Yet, in, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So here in this life, even though things are tough and things break, we look forward and long for the day that we can go to the place where there is a reward for us. Because as we endure through this life, this endurance and the momentary light afflictions, this time here is producing for us, according to this verse, our, for our light for momentary light affliction, verse 17, is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. So we endure and we, so we set our, our minds and our thoughts on the things above. We set our eyes on things that are not seen. We don't pay attention, uh, that's not the right way to say it. We do pay, we have to do things in this life. We pay attention to things in life. We do earthly things and physical things, but our mind is on heaven. Our focus is on heaven. Our things, our mind is on eternal things, not on the temporal things. We think about things that last. Now, on Tuesday, Jerry and I do our call and we discuss sermon and topics and other things, uh, biblical and church related. We prepare for the next sermon. And Jerry happened to see, it was, I, I even asked you, but it was Monday morning, right? Or Monday sometime. Jerry was uh, watching his YouTube feed and it fed him some, some information about insects. Flying insects. And it was a new study that was being done. Or had been finished and completed that gave some new insight about insects. Have you all ever noticed that insects that they, at night they go, they're just attracted to lights? Have you ever noticed that? Who, who has ever seen and wondered why, why are insects attracted to light? You ever noticed that and wondered that? What is going on with the insects? They stay there and they just buzz around and around. It seems like they're having such fun, isn't it? It seems like they are just, the, the light is like a magnet and they just see the light and they want to go to the light. Maybe they're drawn to the heat. 
It's nighttime and they want to be close to something warm. Well, that's not the answer. Why? Maybe they're attracted to, to light and they just go to light. That's actually not true. The study wanted to figure out why these, it seems that flying insects are attracted to light. And it turns out that flying insects are not attracted to lights, to artificial lights at night. But instead, they get trapped by them because they orient their back to the sun. Because during the day, that helps them know which way is up. The light is always up in the daytime. So insects, to know which way is up and which way, now they must fly. They just know that they keep their back to the sun and that they're going to be flying in the proper path. If they know want to go down, they know that they go away from the sun, but they always keep their back. Then when they want to know which way to travel, they orient towards the light. So if there is an artificial light in one specific place, or if the light is pointing up, they found, an insect that is coming, it's going to try and invert. It's going to, it's going to put its back towards the light. If it's flying beneath the light, it will keep its back towards the light. Well, once it gets past the light, though, all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, I'm falling. I need to put my back up. Because it thinks the light is the sun. It treats the artificial light as if it's the sun. But then it ends up just spinning in circles and kind of going around because it's always trying to orient itself towards the light. But the problem is it's an artificial light. It's not the actual sun. That same insect flying during the day would orient its back towards the sun and it would fly in a nice path along this earth because the sun is always above. It doesn't have to change its path and go in different directions. So when you think about those insects flying around, when they get fixed on an artificial light, it messes up their trajectory and they get trapped by that artificial light. What they need is to be flying by the real sun. They need to be flying in the daytime so they can orient their back, their dorsal side, toward the sun. Jerry watched that, and he was wise enough to realize that there was a spiritual lesson that could be learned from that. And I write on our outline today that as Christians... We must orient ourselves according to the sun. We must orient ourselves according to Jesus Christ and not get trapped by artificial lights, which would be the temporary things of this earth. If you want your life to stay on the straight and narrow path, you need to orient your life towards the sun, towards Jesus. Have him as the one who guides you. If you look to something artificial, you're just going to be spinning in circles and you're getting nowhere. And you will be lost and trapped by those temporary things. Martha and Mary give us an example of this principle. And we had discussed this and we were planning on giving this sermon before the example of the lights came up. Or of the... the 
bugs, I guess, the flying insects that get trapped by the lights. So I want to go, to with, go with me, please, to Luke chapter 10, starting in verse number 38. Luke 10, 38. This is speaking of Jesus uh, with his apostles always. It says, Now as they were traveling along, he entered a village, and a woman, a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his words. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations. And she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. It's interesting, she didn't even wait for the Lord to answer. She knew she was right, didn't she? She wasn't asking because she wanted the question answered. Of course you see that my sister has left me alone, and you need to tell her to get busy and help me. Verse 41, But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things. So many things. This world has so many things that try to get our attention. But they're artificial lights. And they will send us spinning around and around. Well, we got to take care of this, or we got to take care of that. And you consider Martha, and you could, you know, one of the questions, well, was she, was she doing wrong? You know, was, was she really, what, Jesus, was she really doing anything bad? She was trying to take care of you. She was a servant. She was doing good. Well, there's nothing wrong with serving unless it takes you away from something that is better. So she was serving. She was working. Perhaps she wanted to impress. She wanted people to see what a great host she was or or how much she had. I, I don't know. You can... There's no specifics here. I don't think she was a bad person. But she was concerned about so many things. She needed to focus on the things that were eternal. She needed to focus on the opportunity that she had at hand to sit at the feet of Jesus and learn and listen. And it's interesting, too, because Jesus is saying, what I really want is relationship with you. That's the most important thing. I want to be with you. I want you listening to me. I want to be there for you. He's very much about relationship, and I think that fits in with what we learned last week about heaven, is that God wants us there with him, and we should long for that day. And we should long for the opportunities now that we have to be close to Him. But there are things that keep us from drawing close to Jesus. What keeps you from drawing close to Him? What keeps you? Is there something that gets your attention? That keeps you from drawing close to Him? 
spending time with him in prayer, spending time with his words and learning about him, spending time with his people so that we can encourage one another and help one another draw closer to him. What keeps you from coming close to him in the the Lord's Supper, giving your time to him and devoting these very simple but precious moments when we can come and give our thoughts to him. And, and when we do that, when we have this time, what is it that tries to even pull your mind off of the Lord's Supper, even as we sit there, even as we pass the bread and pass the cup? What is it that distracts your mind from drawing close to Jesus in that moment? Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things. Martha was focused on many things. Those things were not all bad things. But she was losing the opportunity to focus when she needed to on what was better. And so verse 42 continues on and it says, Jesus says, after saying that you're focused on, you're, you're bothered, worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part. She has chosen what is better. And which shall not be taken away from her. When you focus on the right part, when you focus on the thing that matters, it will, it will last for all, for all eternity. So focus on the things that matter. Be willing to pause and be as, as Mary and sit at the Lord's feet. Listen to his word. Don't mistake that for listening to a preacher preach. I think that's getting close to counting. But the most important thing is for you to sit and for you to open up the word and for you to look and to listen. To take in his words and let them, let them affect you and change your life and fill you with hope. This is the better thing. Jesus is better than our gadgets. Jesus is better than our TVs. Jesus is better than, I don't know why I always use this as an example, but it always comes back to he's better than knitting, you know, any of our little hobbies. He's better than remote control airplanes. He's better than YouTube. Uh, he's better than basketball. He's better than reading the best book that's out. He's better than water skiing. <laughs> He's the better part. And when you focus on him, that won't be taken away from you. And you're, you're just building an eternal life when you focus on Christ. Mary was focused on Jesus. She had chosen the good part. She had chosen the better part. Jesus is everything. Jesus is the one who loves you more 
than anyone else, and he loves you more than you could ever imagine. Jesus loves you more. Focus on him. Turn to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And there you're going to see this this language of look to Jesus or fix your eyes on Jesus. And it's really what we must do. And we really understand that he is the most wonderful thing, so we should fix our eyes on him. But we're also very aware there are a lot of things that try and pull our eyes away from him. And so we let this message settle into us today and decide that we are going to fix our eyes on him. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So notice, you, everything else has to be put aside. And as you run with endurance, this idea of this race, you've got you to have your eyes on the goal. We think of the path to heaven as being the straight and narrow way. Run with endurance. The race set before you, fixing your eyes on Jesus. The idea of staying on that straight and narrow is that we're oriented towards Jesus. And we are not going to let the things of this world distract us. When we make a misstep, we are going to get right back on track we're going to stay on the right path we're going to stay focused on jesus we're going to fix our eyes on jesus we're going to think about him who we cannot see he's at the right hand of the father right now i have not been there yet i want to go someday i want to see him face to face but until then we know that he is there and we have this faith this great faith that's been passed down through to us through all of the generations that are recorded here with these wonderful people in the scripture. And we follow their example of faith and fix our eyes on Jesus. We will not allow ourselves to be distracted. We will be faithful to him till the very end. And when we stay oriented towards Jesus, our eyes on him, we will not get trapped. We won't follow the artificial things of this life that try and get us buzzing around and buzzing around and buzzing around and buzzing around. We're trying to find our way and we keep searching for happiness after the same things that just keep us buzzing in circles. And as you think about those insects that you flip on your your porch light and those poor insects, it doesn't happen during the winter like we're in now or else I probably would have had a, a nice long video that could have been playing while we were up here. I probably would have taken some video of those insects flying around those lights. But you know in the summertime when you flip on your lights at night for your porch to provide a little security to your home, you know those insects start buzzing, don't they? And they're trapped by that light. And you think about that the next time 
You flip on your light. Next time you see that, they're trapped. They're thinking they're flying with the sun and they're constantly keeping the sun at their back so that they can fly straight, but they're not flying straight. They are so confused and they are trapped. You keep that light on all night and they buzz around in circles. When you used to think they're so happy being close to the light, being close to the warmth, they're not happy at all. They're trapped. And you know where they're at in the morning? Where are they? Have you ever noticed what happens to them? Where do they end up? They end up on the ground, dead. You got a patch in the summer, you have to go out and brush them off, blow them off or something. Those bugs end up dead on the ground. Trapped to die. Folks, where are you going to fix your eyes? Where is your mindset going to be? I know the answer. It's going to be on Jesus. We are going to fix our eyes on Jesus. Together, we're going to focus on Christ. And we're here together to help one another to stay on that right path and keep our eyes oriented towards Jesus. And someday, we will all reap the reward the wonderful reward that is going to be that is being prepared for us in heaven so i encourage you today choose the good part choose jesus if there's anybody who needs to repent of sin and you want to get back on the right path you're welcome to come and we will pray with you and for you so that we can all be oriented towards jesus if there's anybody who needs to give their life to Christ today, we encourage you to come as we stand together and sing this song of encouragement, number 21, Almost Persuaded. <laughs>